Welcome to the Driveway Beers Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share on any platform that you're listening on. Alright, welcome back to another show. Uh, we appreciate you coming back. Please like, subscribe, comment, share. That's our agreement with you. We provide all the free content you could ever want. And in exchange, our handshake agreement with you, the listener, is that you either follow us, subscribe to the show, like the show. Uh, Do all three. All three. Go to the Facebook page. Like the Facebook page. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. We're a little a little active on Twitter. Um, we try and post at least once a week on all the on all the social media platforms, just to let you know when a, an episode's been released. Um, going to make a greater push to get on Rumble. Um, but before we get to that, before we get to the reason why, uh, we want to thank Cheers and Spirits and the Arnold Station Plaza. want to thank them again for sponsoring this episode. Um, they uh, have been very gracious as far as sponsoring the show, but also they have a wonderful selection of whiskeys, which tonight we're going to try a new one. Which one are we trying? <laughs> so tonight we're going to try, uh, it's, it's John E. Fitzgerald Larceny. So Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. So it's, uh, it's 92 proof. Um, Splashing ice everywhere. As yeah, as Alex is dumping ice. Apparently Alex wants it neat. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm not going to read all this history about this guy, but because um, I don't think anyone cares. No. Uh, you can look it up yourself. But uh, we're going to give this one a shot. Um, you go neater on the rocks. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna start neat. You're going neat. All right. I always like to try it neat first. You're coming around to the neat. Yeah, I'm starting to get. I, I'm, I'm not there. To a snob. So. I, I am not a neat. Yeah. I tried neat the other night. Um, I tried a, a Henry McCallum ten year, and it was on the recommendation from a guy at a whiskey bar that we went to. We we got fancy one night, um, and we. I, I forgot what I was going to try. I think I was going to try the Eagle Rare again, which is what Krishan brought that one show. Mm-hmm. I was going to have it because it was a nice whiskey, and he's like, oh, we ran out. And I'm like, but if you like Eagle Rare, try this um, Try this Henry McCallum tenure. McCallum or McCallum. McCallum, whatever. Some Irish name. And so I did, and it was really good. Hmm. I, I needed. I, I meant to go over to Cheers and Spears this week because I wanted to go see how much it is. Because <clears throat> on the menu it was a, a glass of it, which is another topic of how much these bars are charging for these things. Yeah, it was on the same price level as like a rare, and I think if if I remember, Krishan saying it was like a thirty five dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, and this Henry McCallum thirty five dollar bottle, definitely worth us. Given a shot and on another show. Yeah. It was a really smooth whiskey, in my opinion. Yeah. What, was it a bourbon? I don't know. I still don't I still don't know the, the difference. Yeah, I don't So, um, Jeff across the street knows the difference because um, he's from Kentucky. So, and I think that's probably the big, the, you know, if you're from Kentucky, it's probably more important than if you're not. But, um, I know I asked this before. Is it like champagne? Like, champagne can only be called champagne if it's made in the champagne region of France. Like, if it's made in the champagne region of France. Yeah, I think. Something like that. 
Everything else is white wine or whatever. Sparkling wine. That's what it is, yeah. But even champagne is just a wine that sparkles. Like It's almost like all champagne is sparkling wine, but not all sparkling wine is champagne. Right. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but th- there was a, a bourbon we tried that was from Indiana. The Redemption. That's so, a good one, too, though. Yeah. I like that. And it said bourbon on the label, so I don't think it has to be from Kentucky. Maybe not. We should probably bring... Krishan if you know, <laughs> I, I know some of our listeners are into bourbon, too, so let us know. I think, um, I think that might be, like, the one the one thing people actually listen to us for, is the whiskey be. tasting. Yeah. But this <laughs> this is pretty good. So so this is a... I'm drinking it neat. Um, this is a... I paid 26 bucks for this bottle. Good price. And, and I have a lot of fun in that price range mm-hmm. because it's not... You're not breaking the bank over it. Right. You know, it's more expensive than, you know, a plastic bottle of, of uh, you know, of pop-off vodka, you know. Right. But, so it's, it's you know, it's, to me, that's like, you know, nice case of beer price range, you know, what's a little high for a case of beer, but, you know, but it's still, it's not like I'm killing myself buying this. How much is an 18 a Miller like? 12 bucks? 13 bucks? Something like that. A 30 pack is like. 24. So you get it. I mean, essentially you pay double for this. But in my opinion, one, it's going to last longer. Yeah. A lot longer. Yeah. And two, at least in my opinion, look, don't get me wrong. I like Miller Lite. I'm a Miller, Miller Lite guy. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. Since, since we kind of did this thing where we've kind of transitioned a little bit from beer to whiskey. Right. I've enjoyed the drink more. Yeah. In my opinion. Well, because to me, a beer is just, I sit there and pound them until I fall asleep. Yeah. And like MLs, I can just, I can just keep drinking them and it doesn't have really any effect on me. Yeah. Um, some of the heavier beers do, but like, but again, this, the bourbon, I'm never drinking it to try to get a butt. Like I've had one a night, almost one a night consistently. For a while, just to cool down and, and go to bed where, you know, it's a lot less calories than you would if you were to drink six beers. Yeah. So, you know, really with 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 the bourbon, it's more relaxing, you know. Um, I enjoy it more than just pounding beer. Now, again, I'm not going to go and say, oh, I just finished mowing the, the lawn in July. I'll have a bourbon. Like, that's not the kind uh, of drink yeah. it is. No, um, right. But... <clears throat> Anyway, get back to the bourbon. This, this price range, this this like twenty five to forty dollar fr- price range is kind of fun because you can find some good bourbon, some good stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's more of a challenge finding the good stuff in there than sure you can go and spend fifteen thousand dollars on a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle, right? Um, but like you know, that's going to be good. Like if you're spending that kind of coin, it better be good. It better be, yeah, right. But then I'm trying to think, maybe it's like wine, where wine's one of the most ridiculously priced, you know, just because you spend a lot of money on a bottle of wine doesn't mean you're going to like it. doesn't mean it's any good. It yeah. just has to be that, that that's what's hot right now. I, yeah, I, I, it's funny that you related it to wine like that. I completely can, I relate to that. I'm not a big wine drinker, mm-hmm. but the wines that I do tend to like tend to be the ones that the wine, kind of, like the wine connoisseurs. Would, would not like. They would try. So my wife drinks. She likes to drink. Um, it's Monkey Bay 
I think it's Sauvignon Blanc. That's what she likes to drink. Yeah. Um, or there's another one, Marlboro. They're both from New Zealand. I think they're like nine bucks a bottle. Um, and that's what she likes. You know what? Who cares? Now, my wife, 10 years ago, was you know, maybe, or 10, 15 years ago, being a bit of a wine snob, would have probably thumbed her nose up at those at those brands of wine. Yeah. Um, oh, I want to drink cake bread, which is super expensive. But is cake bread worth cake bread money? No. No. None of it is. Um, so maybe the same way, I, I don't know, maybe some of you bourbon guys can chime in and say, no, you're full of crap, you got something, you know, but I, I've also, you know, drink the kind of wine that you like, drink the kind of bourbon you like, drink the kind of beer you like. And if you like, you know, if you like uh, Natty Light, then drink Natty Light, you know, there's, there's, or you, if you like Bush Lattes, drink them. So I don't know. Dude, that probably comes with age, though, doesn't it? Like in your twenties and thirties, you're not that you're trying to be a baller, but when but, you still give a shit and you're trying to impress people, right? Right. It, it, it at that point, like I give just, no shits. Right. If you've seen me, you can probably it's probably apparent. <laughs> well, I mean, it, now, I mean, but back in the day, you know, we were drinking like the Beast Light in college, so we got out of college like, oh, we can't drink Beast Light anymore. Right now, I'm going to drink. IPAs. Right. Or I got I got to drink the Heineken or the Amstel. Or I got to drink the, the import beers. Yeah. Because that's what looks good. That's what I'm supposed to do because I'm grown, right? Yeah. But then I think once you kind of make that transition, like your mid-30s, late-30s, you got a family, and you know, you're like, okay, I got to pay money for, you know, Little League Baseball. Yeah. So instead of buying, like, the beer that's, like, $12 for a four pack because that's where some of these like craft brews are. Yeah. And making that your house beer. You're like, all right, I enjoy this Miller Lite. This is what I actually like to drink. My taste buds tell me it's good. Mm-hmm. I'm not a real huge fan of this, you know, $12 four pack. Why am I getting that? Yeah. Let me go get the Miller Lite or the Bush Lattes. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably happier drinking that. Yeah. And my wallet. Is a lot is a lot heavier because of it, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's the same with, with with the whiskeys and the bourbons at this point. It's like even on the lower end, like when we tried the benchmark, which is like Buffalo Trace's, you know, ugly stepchild. Yeah, it was lower proof. It was about eighty proof, I think, which is probably why it's in the lower price range. But it was eighteen dollars for a handle. Yeah. And you're like, for $18, for as smooth as it was, like for as little bite as it had, could it have been, I mean, would you have liked it a little bit heavier? Sure. But at $18 for twice the size of a bottle. You deal with it. You can have a second one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I, I feel like a lot of the ones we've tried here, the Basil Hayden Toast, the Knob Creek, this Larceny, the Bullet, um, even the Eagle Rare. If I remember right, I mean, we're talking bottles in that 25 to $35 range. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Have I tried something more expensive? Probably not. But I can't imagine it would taste that much better to me Yeah. that I would go spend the $45, $50, $60 for that bottle. Now, don't get me wrong. What? Maybe my mind will change. I'll have one, and I'll keep it, and I'll keep, and then I'll keep the bottle for, like, odd occasions, maybe. But 
even like the basil laden toast, which I wasn't a huge fan of to begin at, at the beginning when I tried it the first time. The second time around, I really, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about, I think that's a 35 maybe a $40 bottle. It's on yeah. the higher end. Basil Hayden generally tends to be. Um, but would I drink the, would I mind if I drank this Larceny at 25 versus this Basil Hayden toast at 45 or 50? No. Yeah. I, I, I would go for the, lar- I would go for this Larceny 10 times out of 10. Yeah. So like right now I'd go for this over the Basil Hayden toast. Yep. Now regular Basil Hayden, I'd probably still go for this because I don't feel like spending 45 bucks on a bottle of... Well, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Do you want to pay... Du- is Basil Hayden, on my taste buds, worth double the money yeah. than this Larceny? Not really. Not really. Yeah. I mean, and even like the Knob Creek 9, that's 100... So this is so this Larceny's 92 proof. Yep. The Knob Creek 9 is 100 proof. Mm-hmm. It's got plenty of alcoholic kick to it. Yeah. But it's still smooth. Yeah. So this this is um, now to me this particular uh, bourbon is it's really um, it's uh, you know it's it's not too hot. Um, no. I'm I'm drinking it neat and doing just fine with it. So you know now the Elijah Craig I don't drink that neat. That's too spicy for me to drink neat. Too hot. So I just drink that on the rocks. But this stuff, I think I'll take this neat ten times out of ten. You know, it's just it's a it's a really it's really good. You it, know? And, it is good. And I didn't have to break the bank. And I saw there's a bottle of Woodford Reserve mm-hmm. um that was I think that's in the forty dollar range, somewhere forty five dollar, fifty dollar range. Uh I could have bought that. But again, do I want to spend twenty more dollars on that? Is it is it worth it? So maybe to have in my collection at home because I'm trying. I'm going to try to build a collection. So I still have the Elijah Craig. I didn't finish that. I bought this in addition to that. So now I'll have two on the on the shelf. So I'm hoping to be able to continue expanding the. I'm, I'm laughing because you're contradicting yourself from the last time we talked. About I know because we asked a specific question. Right, and I switched. Are you? Are you? Are you uh, do you drink one? You buy one, drink it, and then get another one, or do you buy one and then like grab some others to accumulate? You but were was, a buy, you were a buy one, kick it, and get another one. Yeah, but here, yeah. Now, and I'll tell you why I bought this because we were recording tonight, hmm. and you had Elijah Craig. Yeah. So there's no point in me bringing Elijah Craig over. So I thought, eh, I'll stop and I'll grab some of this this bourbon, and hey, it's. Pretty good. So now I have two. So they'll last, and then next week, I'll buy another one. I'll have three. Now, now one of these may be gone by then. Right. So I'll at least have a selection. Eventually, what I like to have, like the bottle of, you know, Basil Hayden, Angel's Envy, the higher-end stuff, just sitting there, ready to go for a special occasion, sure. But I think for my day-to-day drinking uh, activities, this suits it just fine. Yeah, I agree. And I've got about four of them upstairs. And the funny part is I remember when we kind of started this, I was like American honey all day long. That's mm-hmm. all I wanted to drink because that's what went down the smoothest for me. Yeah. To the point where like we kicked a bottle and then got a handle and that's half gone. Mm-hmm. Was your wife drinking it too? She was. Yeah. But we, we would also like bring it over 
Like when we when we got together on weekend, yeah. like we we'd bring it there and people would take some. And, but that's what it was for, right? I mean, it's for sharing. Yeah. And for people who didn't like whiskey, that was the one to bring. Mm-hmm. Um. That being said, I probably say last month or so we haven't touched it. Yeah. Because we've been enjoying these other ones. It kind of goes like, look, I, I think your first almost month of drinking the whiskey, you're almost not going to like it. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, something changes. Mm-hmm. And like what, I was ta- like what I was talking about a couple weeks ago, the first taste for me generally isn't great. It's the it's the second, third, fourth like after after your tongue's like got that shock the shock's done. Yeah. Like, oh, you're doing this? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's almost it's like getting in a hot bathtub. Yeah. Yep. You gotta get over the initial shock of it. Yeah. Um But I'm shocked be- I, I'm more surprised because I th- if you would have asked me a month or two ago, I would have said the American honey's gonna be the house whiskey. That's what I'm gonna drink when I choose to drink it. Two months later, it's not. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I still like it. It's just chilling. Yeah, it's not your go-to. No, it, it's... it's Because now... And this is kind of what, like, what Krishan was saying. To him, it's not whiskey. And now I'm kind of on that same boat. Mm-hmm. It might be called whiskey, but it's such a completely different animal. Yeah, it is... And I don't want to... I don't want to disrespect it. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not trying to be a snob, but, like, it's flavored. Yeah, oh, yeah. Does it have actual honey in it? Probably not. You don't, you don't think? I don't know. Who knows? I think it might. But it's flavored with honey. Right. Whether it's flavored with honey or, um, uh, you know, glycol, which is what Fireball is a flavor. <laughs> but here's the thing. Fireball is a whiskey. It's also flavored with some chemical that tastes like cinnamon. You know, someone might look down on the Fireball drinker because, oh, what, did you pick that up in a Florida Georgia Line song? <laughs> um, and Florida, like, they would say that Fireball isn't whiskey, just like Florida Georgia Line isn't country. Right. Which I'd probably agree with, especially the latter st- uh, statement. <laughs> um, but it's still technically whiskey. Like, that's the base alcohol is, was made out of. Right. But it's one of those things where whenever you first get into a new drink or a new something, you're you're... Like, think about cigars. People first start smoking cigars because they're kids and they have no money. They might smoke uh, Swisher Sweets or acid-flavored cigars, Mm -hmm. right? And then they mature and they start smoking different types of cigars that don't have the artificial flavoring in them. Um, Most people start drinking, you know, think of, I don't know too many dudes that drink. I mean, that drink this. There might be somebody out there, you know, more power to you. But girls, they'll start drinking and they'll drink like Arbor Mist and Boone's Farm and then White Zin. But you talk to a, a woman who's been drinking wine for a while and they thumb their nose at White Zin. Yeah. Like it's not even wine to some people. Um, like how, tell me you don't know anything about wine without telling me you don't know anything about <laughs> I'll have a White Zin. Like that's, you know, that's kind of how that goes. So I think it's kind of the same thing with bourbon. And I'm going a long roundabout way to get to it. You start with the with the sweet because you everyone likes sweet. Who doesn't like honey? Right. Russians, communists maybe, <laughs> but uh, people that don't love America. <laughs> <laughs> but like the 
after you get through that, like, then you start saying you can appreciate the the burn doesn't bother you, the, yeah. the spiciness doesn't bother you, because you're maturing, you're getting used to it. Your taste buds are maturing. Right. Yeah, I, I think I think the American honey was a good introduction to whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's like training but, wheels. But you're right. I, th- I think like it, like it was American uh, American honey, American honey, American honey, Knob Creek. American honey, American honey, American honey, Knob Creek. American honey, American honey, Knob Creek, Knob Creek. Yeah. Like you slowly transition over right. to the regular bourbons because American honey got you used to the burn. Yeah, because there's a little bit of burn to it. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's not a lot, right? But, but, but it's not like drinking water or right. beer, right? And so, if it's something you're looking to get into, I would definitely tell people to go that route yeah. to start. Like, grab a bottle, you'll finish it, mm-hmm. and you'll probably finish it within a month, and then go get another one, and then that one's going to last you a little bit longer. But you got it. Save it for your friends who don't drink whiskey, yeah. and when they come over. And they want to have a whiskey with you because you're having one. Yeah. That's what you give them. Yeah, or on cigar night. Right. You know, right. that's something that you can drink with a cigar. Sure. And then every now and then you might have, the, you might say, oh, you know what? I'm kind of feeling some American honey. Right. And you'll just drink an American honey and, and be fine with it, you right. know? You're not going to be mad at it. No. It still tastes good. And there's nothing wrong with liking it. And, and that's nothing I don't get, like, how could you drink that crap? What is it to you? I'm not making you drink it. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, if that's all we had to drink and you wanted to drink bad enough, you would drink it. Like, I, I never understood that. And I, I'm, I'm sure I've said this, like, who the hell would drink that? Like, my Bud Light thing. Yep. Um, but that's tasted. For me, that's different. Because Bud Light, Bud Light, you don't like the taste. Right. Miller Light's in the same category. Yeah. It's the same price point. Yeah. And you're completely good with Miller Light. Right. I just don't like Bud Light gives me the Bud Mud. I mean, it doesn't mean your taste buds went away. Right. You know, you know like, it's still, if that Bud Light doesn't taste good to you. You're not looking down on someone for using for for drinking it. You just don't like the taste of it. But you're right next to the person drinking a bud, a drinking a Miller Light yeah. or a Bush Latte. Yeah, you know, it, you're not you're not. It's not like it's not like you're next to them drinking, you know, uh, a Dogfish Head IPA Double Ale that was five times the price and sneering at the guy for right. drinking the Bud Light. You're like, no, no. I, I'm okay on the Bud Light level. Yeah. I just don't like Bud Light right. on the Bud Light level. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you go to Cheers and Spirits, they do have Bud Light for you Bud Light drinkers. Should you should you desire. Yeah. Um, if you have no class and <laughs> <laughs> you're a Redskins fan. you prob- uh, And you probably like, you probably still are a Dale Earnhardt fan. Right. And you're number three hat. And you like to kick puppies. Yes. <laughs> it's there. Yes. <laughs> If you drink Bud Light, that's what you are. <laughs> but they have that at Cheers and Spirits, <laughs> along with the, the Larceny whiskey or bourbon, whatever it is, um, and the Miller Lights and the Bush Lattes. Yeah, all of it, right so, there. But it's it's kind of you, one can of those make, things. you can make bad decisions in Cheers and Spirits and get your Bush Light and get your yeah, Bud Light. So, yeah. but you can't like be sitting there with your Miller Light and with your pinky finger in the air and look down on the Bud Light drinker. No, no, no. You're yeah. on the same level. Yeah, that's it's, the same level. It's not like it's not like you rolled in an S class to the, you know, to the Ford Escort party, right? You know, like you're they, oh they're driving the Escort. You're you're rocking a Cavalier, dude. Like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the way someone driving the Cadillac Catera. Yeah, <laughs> and you're driving and you're driving the Cavalier. Yeah, you're driving 
basically double the price Cavalier. Right. With your Katera. Yeah. Because that's what it was based off of. Yeah. Katera, there's a Cimarron too. Right, yeah. So, uh, it was, maybe it was the Cimarron that the was Cimarron the Cimarron was Cavalier. Cavalier. Katera was some Opal product. Maybe, yeah. I forgot what it was. Um, but yeah, it, it's. I hope. I hope that we never get to the point where we drink a forty-five dollar bottle of whiskey, and we look down on the eighteen-dollar bottle drinker. Yeah, like no, no, man. You do you with your with the eighteen-dollar bottle yeah. thing. And guess what? I'm probably drinking that too. Yeah, I'm just not drinking it today. Right. You know what I mean? I probably drank it last week, or I'm mm-hmm. going to drink it three weeks from now. I. I, 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 I I don't want to be like that the wine snob that's drinking like a $35 bottle of wine and looking down on the guy drinking two buck chuck from Trader Joe's. Yeah. But two buck chuck is a pretty damn good wine. Well, it, it, the thing is with the with the wine is that what is keeping it the value so high? It's just cuz somebody said it's expensive. Right. And someone else was willing to pay for it. And then now they all think it's good. Mm-hmm. And is it that good when Probably it's, you know, if you're, I mean, if you're a super refined sommelier, <laughs> that's what a wine person's called, uh, maybe you can tell the difference. But, you know, uh, drunk drunk Becky at, uh, you know, at the uh, wine festival cannot tell the difference no. at all. So, actually, you know, I, the, and neither can I. So The wine I found that I like the best is actually on the Eastern Shore of Maryland, at the Eastern Shore Winery. Mm-hmm. They've got this wine called the Golly Wobbler. Oh, that's it, that it, uh, sweet. It's, um, it's very sweet, but it's not a dessert wine. Yeah. It's a legit wine, but it's very fruity. Mm-hmm. And they got three different flavors of that's it. That's hangover wine. Uh, yeah, that that thing, it gets dangerous because you could drink a whole bottle, Yeah, not realize it, and you're like, oh, crap, the bottle's gone. Or you might be three bottles deep without noticing because it tastes like fruit punch. Yeah. But it is wine, and there is alcohol in that, yeah. and you will feel that tomorrow. Oh, you are going to feel that hard. But here's the thing, though. A wine drinker, like my wife is a wine drinker. She drinks that and loves it. Mm-hmm. It's like she, she would never thumb her nose at one of those. Um, Even if she was drinking something like maybe like Merlot or something that I don't know nothing about, but she would look at that and be like, oh, let me let me start drinking some of that because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's not like a Riesling's. It's not a dessert wine. Yeah. It's not a that. It's, it, it's that's a different type of animal. So I mean, like I hope we just. I hope well, with me. I don't. I don't get to the point where I'm drinking like a forty-five, fifty-dollar Basil Hayden or whatever. And like someone next to me is like, "Hey, pour me some of that Knob Creek." I'm like, Knob Creek, get yeah. out of here, yeah, peasant. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't think. I, I think. I, I. I just don't think I'm ever gonna get. And I, I guess I should never say never. I don't want to Justin Bieber this, but like, I don't want to get like I don't think I'll ever go into like the sixty, seventy, eighty dollar bottle of whiskey. If because I don't know what the value is. Yeah. Uh, if somebody wanted to buy me a present. Yeah. Oh no, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like snub it. Like, oh, what did you give me yeah. this for? Yeah. So like, if you think you want to buy me a present that happens to be a hundred dollar bottle of bourbon, I'm going to accept it. Right. And I'm going to drink it. But. And maybe they can get it for seventy five at Cheers and Spirits because they do have great prices. Yeah, <laughs> and the Arnold sure. Station Plaza. Yeah, but like, you know, I, I am I personally going to go uh, up to that level? No. You know. Yeah, I, I would. I would. I don't think I could buy it myself. Yeah. Um, but he, even like the Basil Hayden Toast, I think it's like a forty five dollar mm-hmm. bottle. That was a gift. I didn't buy that for myself. 
I don't think I would buy it for my. I don't even think I'd buy a forty-five dollar bottle for myself. Yeah. So that and Basil Hayden regular were next to each other. Yep. Like, I think they're the same price. Yeah. Yeah. Same exact price. So it's not like the toast is a special. You know, it's not like it's Basil Hayden. Like one's a SL and one's an SLT. It's they just they definitely taste different. Like they're two different whiskeys as yeah. far as tastes go. The Basil Hayden's more of your traditional whiskey, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like, it keeps your... The only way I could describe the toast was when you drank the Basil Hayden toast, your tongue almost felt dry after you swallowed. Yeah. Whereas with the regular Basil Hayden, to me, felt like a regular whiskey in that it still had... It still coated your tongue. like Almost like it didn't evaporate off your tongue mm-hmm. right away. Um so like they're to me they're two different types of whiskeys. They they have the same basil Hayden name, but the toast is not the the regular in my yeah. opinion. So what are you thinking about this uh larceny? Digging it? I mean I'm I'm pleased with it, so So I like it. Yeah. Um to me it's got a little bit of a bite when you when when you first put it in. When you first take a sip, it's mm-hmm. got a little bit of a bite in the tongue. But it doesn't burn the throat. Right. Like to me, like it, it, the burn doesn't continue, mm-hmm. right? Um, not as sweet as most. I feel like it's more on the dry side. Mm-hmm. And here I'm going into my fucking full on. Oh, here we go. Whiskey, whiskey, uh, connoisseur name. Um, no, I, I, I like it. Um, it's, it's a little bit different. I think I don't know even how to describe it, but it's just different from what we've had. Yeah. Um, good flavor on it though. I mean, you drink it, it tastes good. Um, like I said, it's got that initial bite. Mm-hmm. But after that, I like it. I mean, it goes, it, like the flavor stays on my, it stayed on my tongue. That, that's another thing I, I kind of like about the whiskey. Like, and it's kind of probably why you can slow drink these whiskeys. You still get the flavor in your mouth. It's not in and gone. Yeah, it lingers. Yes, it's lingering. It, it, and for me, like, I've, I always like before we started this. I always thought the 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 linger was the burn and not the flavor, mm-hmm. but that's not the case. Yeah, the linger is the flavor. Um, it's almost like if you can get past the initial rush of the burn for some of these, and I'm not saying I'm not saying this one burns. I'm just saying some of them can burn initially. Yeah, but it goes away and it doesn't burn going down. Yeah. Now, why I don't drink it neat, and this goes kind of the neat and on on ice. For me, every time I've drinking a whiskey neat, I've definitely had the acid reflux later. So, yeah, you know, it's so scotch gives me acid reflux no matter how I drink it. Okay. And I always drink drink it on the rocks. I don't, you know, I don't really ever drink. And I'm not that versed in scotch. Maybe that's a little, maybe we can branch off in that direction later. I wouldn't mind trying it someday. I've never tried a scotch. Yeah, and you can definitely tell the difference. Like okay. it's it's something that you can like, like you can definitely pick up on it. Um, I like it, but I prefer bourbon to scotch. And see, for me, I veered off into Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. To me, that was very similar to American whiskey, which is most of what we try is American whiskey. Yeah, except it's a lot lighter on the tongue. A lot like with the Redbreast and the Jameson. Mm-hmm. When I tried those two. The flavor wasn't. It, it was. It was light on flavor. But mm-hmm. I mean, the whiskey looks lighter. It's more yellow than it is red. Yeah. 
Well, so um, this, I mean, the way this, this is aged in the chart of barrels, and that's what makes it a bourbon. Right. So, you know, that's, it's something that I pick up color from there. And I mean, I'm not even sure how long this has been aged for. But I guess my point is, so for me, the, the Irish whiskey and the American bourbon slash whiskey, to me, they taste like they're in the same family. Mm-hmm. One's just a lighter version of the other. Yeah. So I'd be interested to see how scotch is. Um, and I guess there, there's Canadian whiskey, too, if we ever wanted to try Crown Royal. Yeah, then there's, like, Canadian is, this. Isn't and... Crown Royal expensive as shit, though? I don't know. Because Crown Royal has a honey. <clears throat> like, I don't think it's it's that, it's that got, big of a deal. I feel like people pay for the name Crown Royal. It also comes in the, the little velvet bag. Yeah, yeah well... So pretentious assholes. Yeah, which is just the I feel the, my bag. That's the bartender's wallet. Is what that is. That's exactly right. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, it like I have my my grandma used to drink. Um, I think it was Canadian Mist or something like that. It was like some cheap handle of whiskey she'd buy, and she'd drink it on the rocks all night. And then before she went to bed, she called it her snort. It was just a shot. Oh yeah. And I referred to it as uh, as grandma's awful. <laughs> is well, that's what I called it. So it was. Um, she enjoyed it though. You know, she had to be eighty years old. Did something right, but uh, it's probably one a day. Yeah, keep, keep that. Blo- it's a natural blood thinner, yeah, or I, or unnatural, however you want to think about it. And the the couple packs of cigarettes every day. <laughs> I'm not sure how they all balanced out with one another. But um, the whiskey was keeping her alive. The smokes were putting her out. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? Maybe she, maybe they canceled each other out. Right. But um, she always had it. I mean, it's so, uh, a road to go down. And there's some other neat stuff. Like there are sipping rums where people get rum and sip rum. I feel like rum is super spicy though. Well, it's also sweet. I mean, it's made out of molasses. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like the alcohol. So every and then there's. There's vodka. I don't know if they are sipping vodkas. I feel like vodka, vodka and gin. Do they really even have taste? I don't particularly. So I don't like gin at all. Okay. I had a bad experience with gin, and it had nothing to do with drinking too much of it. Well, that contri- that was a contributing factor, but it wasn't the factor. So it was a Christmas Eve, and we went to a Christmas uh, Eve party, and I kept drinking gin and tonic. And we were walking there, so it wasn't like I had to go super far. So I could I could just drink as many as I wanted. Mm. Well, they had sushi there, and it turned out the sushi was, like, tainted somehow, and I got sick from that. Ooh. So I thought, so I woke up on Christmas morning. I was like, I don't feel well. And I was a little hungover. I was like, but this, like, I know myself. Like, I know how much liquor I can handle. It wasn't like I was some college kid. You know, I was an adult. I had children by this point. Right. So... Christmas morning, I'm, before the kids woke up, I'm puking in the toilet. And then all of a sudden, I felt like that for the the rest of the day. So, um, but all I remember is well, the, one of the strongest flavors was the gin. So, I'm kind of done with gin. I can, I, can, I can feel that. For me, it's vodka. Had a bad experience with the vodka. And like vodka, I mean, Tito's... I mean, vodka is just alcohol you put into other drinks to make them fun. Well, that, that was the problem. So we were, we, I, I, we were drinking shots of vodka oh. and had uh, strawberries dipped in sugar. Were you in college? No, high school. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I could be like, no, it was last week. I'm like, look, bro. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> go, go to high school one? <laughs> this was in high school. Um, just drank way too much of it because the strawberries and the sugar masked it all. And so Ooh. I was hugging hugging that toilet for the rest of the day after my parents like, what did you do? And I'm, like, uh, I'm just... I got norovirus. <laughs> I, honestly, I was just like, I, I just fessed up to it. Like, I drank way too much. They're like, did you drive? No, I didn't drive. Was the person driving drunk? No, they weren't drunk. They weren't drinking. Like, okay, well, you're going <laughs> to... You're, you're you're, this is called a lesson. You're going to have a bad day. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> I had a bad couple of days, man. That was bad. Um, all right, let's veer off this, though. Because we got... We got cars to talk about. Everyone, so I don't know if people caught it. A couple episodes ago, I mentioned that I bought a 2004 GMC Yukon Denali. Because I'd been looking for a three-row vehicle. We'd only talked about it for a year. Yeah. <laughs> or plus. Year plus. Um, finally, bit the bullet, bought one. 175,000 miles. 2004. It's a 19-year-old vehicle. And... Of course, I'm no mechanic, and because I, 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 the guy had it Maryland State inspected, I was like, oh, okay. As long as it passes Maryland State inspection, which for people out there that don't know, it's a pretty rigorous expen- uh, inspection. It's much tougher to pass than like Pennsylvania's or Virginia's, because they they do Pennsylvania, Virginia do it once a year. Maryland, it's one time before you buy it. In order to register, it has to pass the Maryland State Inspection. And then never again. And then never again. Right. So it passed Maryland Inspection. All they caught was, all they said was it needed rear brakes. So the guy had rear brakes put on it, made the sale. I paid 8000 for this vehicle, which in this market is not a lot. Mm. I paid another six fifty in taxes and fees to get it registered. So I'm into this thing for eighty six fifty. I noticed some issues. I, I felt like there was a hesitation. It felt like, and then like the lights would dim when it idled. Um, those were the two main things. I also wanted them to check underneath, make sure there was no rust. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, take it over to my mechanic. I said, I want to do a full pre-purchase inspection. Even though I've already bought it, I want you to do a pre-purchase inspection. Let me know everything wrong with it. I get a call back a day later. Okay. Here's what's wrong. <laughs> here's the list. <laughs> it needed. It, the, Sounds like Hoovy's garage. Uh, honest to God. <laughs> if I were filming this, <laughs> you could put him in the episode and this would be Hoovy's garage. Yeah, except Hoovy's dealing with a Lamborghini. So yeah. at least you're not paying to fix a Lamborghini. <laughs> he went so wrong, man. I wish he would go back to the shit boxes. Yeah. Like the old hoopties. Yeah. Stop. I, I'm never going to buy a Lamborghini. Why would I watch that shit? Right. Go back to buying a Buick Riviera. I, that's something I might want to buy. Mm-hmm. In fact, one of the reasons why it kind of got me into this era of uh, GM large SUVs was when he bought the Cadillac Escalade mm-hmm. and the Riptide Blue, and he kept saying that word and everyone wanted to shoot him. <laughs> but anyway, so I knew I wanted, of the, of the Tahoe Yukon's, in Escalades, I knew that I liked the, the Yukon Denali version best, so that was the one I was looking for. Uh, 
the 175,000 miles would normally put me off, but I knew that the 6.0 engine, 6.0 liter engines were good engines. I knew the transmissions could be weak, but I think they're weak because people tow with these vehicles. Mm -hmm. And those transmissions probably weren't built to tow big boats and stuff. This transmission had already been replaced 40,000 miles ago. So it made it 130,000 miles on a transmission. So I felt confident that the engine and the transmission were good. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought it was probably like a fuel sending issue Mm -hmm. or something from the fuel tank. Maybe a bad injector. Four cylinders were misfiring. Okay. So... And I'm trying to figure out how to how to frame this. Should I frame all of the issues at once and then the fixes for these things? Or should I just go one by one? I go one by one because okay. I'm curious to find out what what was causing the misfire. Okay. So we're basically I told him, look, I want to fix the misfire first. Because if we can't fix the misfires, I'm not doing any of this. Yeah. Because that means the engine's shot. So he's replacing the spark plugs. And the spark pl- and the ignition wires. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that he's going to do. If that fixes the misfires, great. We go on to the next thing. If not, he's got to go in, look in the heads, mm-hmm. and see what's going on in there. Um, I haven't heard back from him yet on whether because he, he was supposed to pull the plugs out. He said if the plugs look new, he's going to stop there mm-hmm. and then go on to step two. Because if you got new plugs, what's the point? Yeah. He goes. We know the plugs are good. It's not the plugs. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's the wires, but it's not the plugs. Right. Well, I had a, uh, a car. Now, does that have plugs or, co- or coil packs? So, it's got spark plugs. Okay. But it, I don't think it has coil packs. Now, I had an 8.1 liter Chevy Workhorse mm-hmm. chassis on an old RV. That had coil packs. Yeah. Now, I think just because it has plugs doesn't mean it can't have coil packs, though. Okay. I'm not sure, Maybe it has both. I... Um, but when a coil pack goes, you know it. Like, when I had two coil packs go on a... And this was a... It was a V8. The 8.1's a V8. Um, when it went, you lost power. Like oh, I know. When a coil pack goes... Yeah. Oh. Um, because I had an... I had an 05 Crown Victoria that the coil it lost a coil pack and the engine went right into limp mode yeah like it was it gives you like 40 percent power yep. just to get you back to where you need to go and then my 04 taurus that had a bit uh bad wires which essentially inside the wire had just deteriorated so the wire on the outside looked good but the metal on the inside that actually made the connection was mm-hmm. just completely crumbled up yep so so I'm hoping that fixes this. I'm hoping spark plugs and wires fix it. Not a cheap job, but it it's uh, worth doing. Yeah. Um. So, at least in that engine, everything's pretty easy to get to. Well, so that one, that one job, where, let's see, it is, um, spark plugs, ignition wires, uh. It's $481. It's not that bad. Yeah. But the dimming of the lights and everything, mm-hmm. alternator. So okay. al- when the alternator needs to be replaced, that's 339 bucks. Okay. 
um, the Hydro Boost, which is essentially GM's version of the Brake Booster, mm-hmm. that apparently was leaking. Now, if that leaks out, you have no brakes and no Correct. power steering because the power steering is connected to the booster. Mm. So that does everything. Everything. $779. Okay. Um, the front and rear pinion seals were leaking. Mm-hmm. 293 bucks. Not bad. Easy to get to. Yeah. Um, up, one upper control arm. So when I was turning at slow speeds, I'd hear like a pop. Mm-hmm. It, it would feel loose. Yeah. Uh, that was the upper control arm. That's $325. And these prices include labor, by the way. This yeah. isn't for the parts. Um, the one biggie. Apparently, the engine oil pan gasket was leaking mm-hmm. because you have to drop something to get to it the total cost for that was 651 dollars okay so my question would be how much oil is it losing and if it's not that much mm-hmm. then i'm just gonna check the oil and let that ride so yes um the labor on that Five labor hours to do that gasket. Yeah, and the part the part's probably eight bucks. The part is thirty four dollars. Yeah, <laughs> the labor is six hundred and fifteen. Yeah. So I asked him. So I so I got him on the phone, and and then I was I was looking into doing like power seat switches because they weren't working. Mm-hmm. So I called him up, and I'm like, "Look, man, is there anything we can do on this bill?" He's like, "No, I don't negotiate prices, and I can respect that." Mm-hmm. I was like, "I asked, you said no. I respect it." I had to ask though. Yeah. I was like the power seat switches. I said, look, the only, the main thing I was hoping you guys would do is make sure it's the switches and not the motors. The motors in that truck are under the seat and it's it was the up and down for the bait for the bottom that wasn't working, mm-hmm. not the forward and back and not the back and not the, the recline. Yeah. But I can't get the seat lowered for me to have a little bit more headroom in it. Mm-hmm. So I asked him, I said, is it the... Yet another reason why I hate power seats. Right. So the with the with with those power seats, apparently the switches go. They wanted $441 to do switches. The part, they were quoting me $150 for each switch. Right, go to the junkyard and find that. I went on eBay. $24 mm-hmm. for a switch. Yeah. So you're telling me instead of paying $300 for two switches, I can get them for 40 bucks. And like it's basically five screws mm-hmm. and a plug. Okay. And, and so the funny part was it was almost like he didn't want to do the job. Like yeah. he didn't want to do that job. And mm-hmm. he quoted it so high. Cause on the phone, he's like, Hey, look, pull the side off, spray, spray the switch with contact cleaner. Mm-hmm. He goes, it's probably going to work. Mm-hmm. Because I did that with the with the HVAC knobs. Did it work? On the HVAC knobs? Yeah. Yes. So the HVAC knobs, when you were turning the dial, the number would go all over the place. Yeah. It would go down to 60, up to 80, down to like down it to 70. Do whatever it wanted. Yeah, it was going wherever it wanted to. So I took this bottle. It was WD-40 contact cleaner. So it's not mm-hmm. regular WD-40. I pulled the knob off. I stuck the hose as far into like, the hole as I could and just started spraying. Yeah. Spraying, spraying, spraying. Did that a couple times with each knob. Works perfect now. It's amazing, especially with older vehicles, 
that you it, it's using a switch and a contact. And if the contact just loses any kind of connectivity with the other part of it mm-hmm. to make the electric current, it's going to screw up. Yeah. So with that one, I just sprayed it in. It this this literally took maybe four minutes to do. So I'm hoping that it, once I take the screws off the side of the seat and I pull it off, mm-hmm. and I can literally just go spray the spray the switch, and even if I got to pull it out and pull the the plug out, just spray it. You wait five minutes for it to dry, and it's elect- It's made for electronics, so it's not yeah. going to hurt anything. And then if I play with the switch and it works, I'm be like, oh. I can't believe I even asked him to do it. Um, <laughs> worst case scenario, if it is the switch that's broken, I'll go on eBay, I'll buy two switches for 40 bucks, I'll plug the new switch in, and you're done. Yeah. It's 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 so accessible. I think it was one of those things where I thought it was going to be like a $100 job. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to charge maybe 30 minutes for labor, $40 for the part, figure it be in there for, like I said, 100 bucks. Yeah. Because while it was there, okay, go ahead and do it, right? But no, there was four hundred and forty dollars. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can go do that yourself. Yeah. Um, the oil pan gasket. He recommended exactly what you said. He goes, I'll wipe it clean. When you come back in six months for an oil change, we'll check and see how bad the leak is. Yeah. In the meantime, in those six months, once a month check your oil. Yeah. Or once a week check your oil level. If your oil levels are staying steady, we really don't have to worry about that leak. Yeah. Until you're absolutely ready to. To fix it, he goes. Worst case scenario, you can just push it off for a little while. Mm-hmm. He said, just keep some engine oil in your house, yeah, and, and check it out every day, uh, or check it out every week or every month or whatever. But um, you haven't you haven't observed like puddles of oil under the. I haven't truck. seen it leak anything. Yeah, so but, so it could have been something else that leaked, sprayed up on that oil pan, mm-hmm. and and made it look like it was seeping. Yeah, when it might not be, or maybe it is just a little bit of seepage. And it's just it's just not enough of a leak to drip down. Yeah, I don't know. But he said, but he he was basically telling me ways I could lower this bill down because the initial bill was three thousand bucks. Mm-hmm. Like the exact amount was, let's see, I'm sorry, thirty four hundred dollars mm. that I was going to dump into a nineteen year old vehicle. So by not doing the oil pan, that means gasket, you'd be total into this thing for about twelve grand. Twelve grand, yeah. But because I'm not doing the power seats, I'm going to do that on my own, and I'm not doing the oil pan gasket, which was six hundred dollars. I've literally chopped off a thousand dollars on this yeah. bill. So, if I were you, I would do the plugs and the wires, yeah, and the alternator. You're doing this the the uh, switches yourself. The pinion seals and probably the, should get done though. Yeah, but you, and the control arm. And the control arm needs to be done. Yeah. But yeah, with, with all of that, with all that stuff, and plus this is also an oil change too. Oil change, cabin air filter, engine air filter. Yeah. That's all going to swell. That, that was in that 3400 bucks. Mm-hmm. But if I am if I can do all of that minus the switches and the oil pan gasket and get out of it 2400 that means I'm into it for... 11. 11. Which, think of it this way. A three-row SUV, basically completely sorted. Yeah. Other other than that oil pan leak, which you don't know how bad that is yet. Yeah. Yes, it has one hundred seventy five thousand miles on a bulletproof engine. Mm-hmm. Like these engines can run for four hundred thousand miles with some yeah. basic maintenance. You're into it for eleven grand. Like right now, where are you going to find that? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. People are going to say, "Well, you can get like a two thousand ten or eleven Honda Odyssey minivan." You can. 
And the transmission might be shit. Mm-hmm. Like no one. This is one thing I never really understood about Hondas. Is Honda Honda doesn't get a lot of garbage or a lot of flack for some of their older transmissions. There was a decade or two where Honda transmissions were were known to be drunk, piss poor. Yeah. Um, and the Honda Odyssey had that transmission. And here's the thing: people give GM a lot of a lot of spec, but yeah. there's what is it the the GM uh, four speed with overdrive? Like they put that transmission in everything, and there's a reason they did it. And it you know it goes, you know there's no. <laughs> well, look at it this way: let's say the transmission does go. A, a remanufactured transmission with better parts inside. So that means because th- there's a guy up in Glen Burnie, which is right up the road from us. He he rebuilds that that transmission. He's got like seven or eight of them for sale on Facebook Marketplace, mm-hmm. and he says he rebuilds them with better internals. So mm-hmm. basically, he's using better strength materials. Um, it, it, basically, he's he's building it so it won't break again. Yeah. He's selling them, I think, for nine hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. You probably get them down on the price a little bit, yeah, maybe eight fifty. You're probably looking at four or five hundred bucks for the install. So you're talking maybe thirteen hundred dollars, and you got a brand new transmission in this thing. And it just can't, as long as the engine doesn't go, and the body doesn't rust out, which was another thing. He looked at the body rust. He said the body rust is fine. Yeah, he was done. He goes, it's not rusty. Um, so as long as your body doesn't rust out on these things. Even a transmission swap on this isn't tough. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to cost you a ton. So even if I had to put another thirteen hundred onto it down the road, well, I'll have twelve three into it. Yeah. But again, it's something. It's a big three row SUV that I can. I don't have to give a shit about. Yeah. I just got to change the oil on it. I mean, the paint's not great on it. Don't care. Right. I mean, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do some. Some. Uh, handyman paint work on some areas because there's bare metal. But then the interior of it is in great shape. It's in wonderful shape. And and those interiors get torn up. They do. I even bought some leather dye. So Mm -hmm. I found these guys down in Atlanta. You give them your VIN number, they they find your uh, interior color codes. Mm -hmm. So I got sent two bottles because the Denali has a two-tone leather. I got the light color and the dark color. I'm going to re-dye the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. So all the little imperfections yeah. on the steering wheel are gone. And on the driver's seat, there were two spots with the darker color. And I'm just going to dab them. And it's going to look like they were brand new seats. Mm-hmm. And the only other thing that I'll probably want to do to make it modern, up to modern standards, is put a wireless Android auto system in there. Yeah, You can get a head unit for 500 bucks mm-hmm. with all of the bits and pieces from Crutch. And that's from Crutchfield. With all the bits and pieces. Yeah. And they help you install it, for the most. I mean, they'll they'll walk you through it, or they give you instructions on it. So I might I might get a little ballsy and try installing one myself. Um, yeah, they're pretty easy. Once you get the once you get the trim off of those, I already took the trim off. I took I took it off be, three times. There should be four bolts that hold the radio in, in three. place. There's three. There's and two on just, the left, one yeah, on the right. You I, pull it off. <laughs> yep. And then the. Crutchfield kit, but if you go with one of those big screens, it's going to fit a double din. So you're not going to need to have one of those stupid plastic like things that sticks out. Yeah, so. this this model holds a double din. Yeah, perfect. It, it looks natural. Um, 
and I've already got the, I've got these things because I, I had a, uh, on the RV, I had a, uh, I got a nav system on the RV. It's a truck nav, mm-hmm. uh, a gar, it's a Kenwood slash Garmin, whatever. Well, the, the power kept going out on it for some reason. So it turns out I had a bad plug. Mm-hmm. So I basically bought a new plug, but then you had, I had to rewire the whole thing. And so I bought these shrink soldering kits. So basically it's the, the shrink for the, for the wires, but in the middle is solder. Mm-hmm. And so you just hit it with a heat gun. So, so basically you connect your two wires. Yep. You slide the, the, the shrink over the connection mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of solder in there. And as you're heating, it solders your twisted wires together, mm-hmm. and then the sh- it, it it melts the shrink wrap over it. Yeah. So you don't have to actually solder anything. Yeah. It's it's already built into the sheath. Um, I think we did that whole. I think we did the whole wiring harness in maybe forty minutes. Mm-hmm. And that was mostly us figuring out the wires that go to the wire, <laughs> like basically like matching everything up and checking it twice, so we only had to do it one time. Yeah. Um, forty five minutes, we were done. Good deal. Yeah. And because that head unit alone was a thousand dollars, those truck navs aren't cheap. Now, if I can do that with this for five hundred bucks and change, yeah, shoot, I can get it. So then I got a fairly modern, you know, technology-wise SUV because mm-hmm. I already took out the six disc changer. So now it's a big cubby, so yeah. I can fit my I can fit my big ass phone in there, and if it's wireless Android Auto. That cubby is right below the radio, so it should connect right there. That'll be no problem. And so now you've got a modern SUV that rides like a dream. Because mm-hmm. apparently the shocks aren't... I asked him if the shocks were blown because it was a little bouncy. He goes, nope, that's just the way it drives. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, You're, you, this was uh, the bouncy era for GM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where they, they emphasized the comfort. Yeah. And you know what? I am perfectly fine with that. Yeah. Um, it, so... Yeah, I basically lived out my own episode of Hoovy's Garage for the most part. <laughs> Although I, I'm not done yet, I'll be, I'll be more impressed when it's here and done. Yeah. Um, and if I get once I get the if I get the switches done, that'd be pretty cool. Um, but for eleven grand, you got a three row SUV. It's not too bad. Mm-hmm. And if I can keep it for three years, the goal. So the the plan, whether we stick to, it I or think not, you'll get tired of that thing before it dies. I agree. I think what's going to happen is we're going to I'm going to keep it for about 3 years. And then when my wife's car, which is a 2013, so it's hers is just hitting 10 years old, but yeah. it's in perfect shape. I mean, I just had the mechanic look at it. I was like, "Do you see anything wrong with this thing?" He's like, "No." Mhm. Not I mean, knock on wood, right? But I mean, we've well, already She's not driving for it anymore. So. No, she does. I mean, we've already we already swapped out the alternator. Yeah. So like, the only problem with that thing is the water pump is internal. If the water pump goes, it's a it's a fifteen hundred dollar job for the water pump. Yeah. But it's not. I mean, they don't have a high failure rate. It's just something to be aware of. Like, hey, mm-hmm. if it goes, you might be in. You might have to fork out fifteen hundred bucks. But the idea is, if we can hold off another three years, because payments we're done with payments on that car next year. Mm-hmm. So if I can get two years of no payments. And maybe get four or five grand for hers. It's only going to have about one hundred ten thousand miles. Even yeah. then, this thing will probably still have under two hundred thousand miles, but it'll be completely sorted. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure it stays in good shape. Um, 
I don't think I would get less than six to seven grand for it. As long as it's under 200 grand. Once it goes over 200 grand, you're probably in the five range. Mm-hmm. But they're that desirable. Yeah. Like people, there is a cult of followers for those, the old, old GMT 800s. Yeah. I mean, just like there's, there's some for the old, the older version. People mm-hmm. love those old Suburbans if they survive. Yeah. The problem is that a lot of them didn't survive because of the rust. Mm-hmm. And they were work trucks. They, even yeah. the old Suburbans were work trucks for people. Oh, yeah. I see them all the time. Yeah. They'll have ladder racks on it. The interior is full of paint. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, they just, they just dog them out. And I wouldn't, I, depending on how much I like this one, um, I may I may look for a newer one. Now, my problem with the newer one is the active fuel management system, which deletes four cylinders on, at highway speeds. Yeah. And that system has been known to grenade an engine if it starts shit in the bed. Um, but again, though, I don't know if it's a high failure rate or if it's just something like, like the, I don't know if you ever watched uh, legit street cars on YouTube. Um, no. The guy Alex in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. He's been on Hoovies once in a while. It, but he he basically took a V8 out of a Caprice. Uh, the the police version. It's a 350? Yep. Actually, that's a, that's a LS1 or LT1. LT1. Yeah. Um, but it's essentially the same engine that they put in. It's the same as a Corvette. Well, it, it's the one they put in the Suburbans. Yeah. Okay. So it's the LS... Is that it's an, it's an LS? No, no, it's no. The LT is what they put in the big SUVs and trucks. Okay, so it's, a, it's the LS. I think I is always the Corvette, get, right? Yeah, and then I get confused because then like now they're because people talk about an LS swap, but it's the newer version, like the LS six or something. Yeah, so, I think the LS was always the high powered unit. Yeah, whereas the LTs were always like the workhorse units. Yeah, and then the other difference was the, I believe the LS. The so the difference between a regular. Any 5.7 and the LS was that the LS had aluminum heads. Okay. So they're all iron block. Yeah. But the high performance had aluminum heads rather than cast heads. Yeah. But it, it was so weird that they did that where they put the active fuel management on those V8s because that that engine was essentially the engine from my era, the era that I've got now. They, mm-hmm. And they just they added that technology to it, and it was supposed to save a ton of gas mileage, and it only saves you like two miles per gallon. So the the whole thing th- that whole thing is a scam. So what they do is when the stupid government, and I mean that because I'm pretty sure everything the government does is stupid. <laughs> the stupid government comes down and says you have to get your mileage down to X. So what they do is it's fleet mileage. So it's not every car has to be at a certain point. It's fleet mileage. So say they're selling X amount. Of, so say take GM from that era. They were still selling Cavaliers. Um, they probably still had some uh, Luminas running around. No, that no, that was probably the Impala during that time. Four-cylinder Malibus. And then a bunch of trucks. So what they do is to get the truck, because they know they're going to sell a bunch of trucks. Yep. To get those trucks to get that fleet mileage down, they do dumb shit like active fuel management, where they shut down banks of cylinders. Which how can that be good for the engine? Just to have one side of the cylinder. Now, does it alternate which ones they shut down? No, it probably so, shuts down the same two all the time. Oh right, yeah, yeah, you're right. But I th- yeah. so I th- and they think they do it um, alternating. They have to do it with alternating pistons, right? 
they have to be ones that are counterbalanced so that when one right. is up, so one's down, right. its opposite is full up. Right. So it doesn't, because if you didn't, well, I don't know if it would have a balance issue because they're all still moving. Because they're all connected to the same crank. I wonder if they're just not putting fuel into the cylinder. That's what they're doing. Okay. No, because the, this, the pistons have to move. Right. Because they're attached to the crankshaft by, you know, by, um, they're just, they're, you can't disconnect them. Right. They're still there. So they're connected to the crank. So the cylinder's going to move. Right. There's just no fuel going to those two cylinders. Right. And, but the idea is if they could drop the average fleet mileage, or they can increase the average fleet mileage for their trucks. By two miles per gallon. That yeah. has a huge impact because right. at that time frame, like they stopped making the Camaros um, so that they could sell, so that they could make SUVs there. Because at that time, making SUVs was as close as they could get to printing money. Right. But they're selling so many of them to take just a two mile per gallon increase in fuel economy mm-hmm. would, over the law of averages, would, would really average out for them. Yeah. So that's why yeah. they did it. It was just a gimmick and it was crap. Yeah. I feel like they should have left the V8s alone. Now, Ford went with V6s. They, they dropped a lot of V8s and went to V6s. Like, for example, like, there's no V8 in an Explorer anymore. It's a V6. Mm-hmm. And if you want the hype, if you want the sport version, it's a dual turbo V6. And it's stupid fast, yeah. by the way. Right. <laughs> they used to, you, you, they're basically getting more power out of the smaller engines. Right. But with those bigger... And with the loss of some low-end grunt. Sure. Well, with the turbos, though, you, you kind of make some of it back at the low end. You might lose it at the top end, yeah. but you, you gain... Because, like, I've got that four-cylinder Equinox with a turbo in it. Mm-hmm. It feels like it pulls like a V6. Like, there is some pull on the low end. Because as soon... It, it's engineered or, or electronically programmed. Once you hit second gear mm-hmm. and you and you keep your foot down, the turbo kicks in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's almost like it anticipates that you need... The acceleration. Well, and they're a little bit different than the turbos that you'd see like on a 911 turbo, yeah. which is waiting. It needs those exhaust gears because turbo lag is a thing. Oh, sure. Um, and those turbos aren't, it's not the big, huge snail shell with the intercooler that we're thinking of. Like, that's what I thought it was going to be. And I was like really, you know, disappointed when it wasn't. I was just waiting to hear like a wastegate, like. No, <laughs> these, these turbos are small. Yeah. But they do just enough to give it some more push at the lower range. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it's it's a fourth, it's a thirty five hundred pound vehicle, so it's not light, but it's not heavy. It's not yeah. as, it's not as light as a sedan, but it's not as heavy as like a full blown truck based SUV. And it's got enough get up and go where I don't feel like it's a four cylinder because mm-hmm. I don't like I, I did not like four cylinders. Yeah. I really didn't want one. But the four cylinders now are putting out more power there than they ever were. I mean, like by fusion, um, it's like two forty. You got a turbo on that too, yeah. Which by the way, did, did you? Is yours a two thousand thirteen? No, mine's a sixteen. So I think they're. I think they just announced a recall on it. Yeah, they did. I need yeah. to take it in. I just haven't gotten around to it. Um, that was like recent, like the last yeah. two days. But, but yeah, the but it has a turbo. Like, but the thing is, like I remember. Four cylinder engines <laughs> back like when we were in high school, mm-hmm. like did make like ninety eight horsepower. Oh yeah, they're awful. Yeah, 
And then the V6s were making, like, not much. And, I mean, my first Camaro made, um, like, 140. It's been, like, but, my four-cylinder Fusion would blow the doors <laughs> off that car. It was the old, uh, it was the latter effects of the oil embargo. Yeah, I had a, a 5.0, carbureted 5.0. It was a garbage motor, the 305. Yeah. The reason I bought the car is because I had a five-speed. It was it was hard to find a V eight Camaro with a five speed. You're preaching the choir on that one, yeah. Because even in my even in my thirties, I I went and seeked out. I would only look at vehicles that had five speeds mm. or six speeds. I, I never had. I never got to the point where they started putting all the six speeds in. Yeah. But like, I had a five speed O one Pathfinder, a five speed Altima, mm-hmm. um, and I'm trying to think of it. I had even growing up. Like an '84 five-speed Prelude, yeah, uh, five-speed Honda Mazda 626. Like everything I had was was a manual. I I didn't drive an automatic until, shoot, it was my last year in college. Mm-hmm. So I had a I had a a, a '95 Eclipse with the, with the hood bump that did nothing. <laughs> it was just it just a little place. It was just a vertical surface terrain. It's all dock, sixteen valve DOHC. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was basically what it was. <laughs> um, but that was a five speed. But so th- that one, it was a, a lease vehicle. That my my dad worked some kind of lease on that, where he leased it for three years, mm-hmm. and then had like three lease option years. Like it was the weirdest thing. Was so it, eventually, it had to the, be. Was a car a football player? <laughs> Use your option years. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> it was like guaranteed money. But so eventually you had to go back in, and that's when I ended up getting the. Uh, it was an '85 Taurus show. Mm-hmm. My favorite car I've had, and I was dumb as dirt when I got when I got out of college. I got my first job, my first real job with a salary. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I want a brand new car," so I traded it in. Oh, and I got that '01 Pathfinder. Which don't get me wrong, it was a sweet car. Yeah. That's where the Pathfinders were still cool. They were still yeah. like, yeah. they weren't a dumb crossover. No, no, no. They, they still had the body on frame, yeah. and but it had a, it had five speed and it had the Bose system in it. Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm, I was balling on a budget. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> but then I was like, like, now that I'm older, I was like, man, I should have kept that Taurus SHO because one, you don't see them anymore. Yeah, because they were either dogged out or whatever. Um, then. They had them in five speeds, but I had the automatic, but I had the one with like the JBL system is all yeah. leather sunroof. Man, this is like a loaded SHO. Yeah. And it still had the, the Yamaha base. <sighs> it did, man. That it, one, that, that thing one, would spin to like, like 10,000 RPM. It was nuts yeah. how fast those, those, uh, like they didn't redline at like 7,000. Like <laughs> they're like big motorcycle engines in those things. But it was so comfortable to drive too. It still had comfortable seats. The suspension was tight, but not too tight. Yeah. Like, it was a great car. Um, that one and the Acura RL, the 06 Acura RL, I kind of regret getting rid of that one, too. Yeah. Because that thing had 300 horsepower, but it was a silent assassin. No one heard that thing coming. Yeah. But, man, you pressed on the gas and <laughs> it yeah. took off. But, um, so I'll keep giving updates on the, uh, on the, uh, Hoovy, uh, my Hoovy's experiment with this 04 Yukon. Um, my hope is that the plugs and the wires fix all the stuff. And and um, then it's going to be a solid vehicle from here on out. We do have some business to attend to. Uh, 
we're announcing the winner of our $25 Amazon gift card giveaway uh, in celebration of the 100th episode, although I think this is episode 104, 105 at this point. So we took a while to announce it, but we wanted to give people about two weeks to have time to enter. Um, and we we had a few entries, which was great. Um, but Ryan in Zeland, Michigan is the winner. Um, so Ryan, if you're listening, and I'll reach out to you too, um, you can either email us at uh, contact at drivewaybeerspodcast.com or I'll just reach out to you on Facebook. Uh, and I will get you your Amazon gift card for $25. And we thank everyone big who's... Big money, big money. Big money, man. Hey, hey we're balling on a budget. <laughs> <laughs> but no, we want to we thank yeah, that's everyone. That's $25 more than Rogan gave out this week. So. That's right. <laughs> Rogan's not giving any of that, what, $100, $100 million out yeah. to nobody. He doesn't do any giveaways. Uh, we want to thank everyone who, who did follow the page, like the podcast, um, on wherever they did it. And... I told you guys we were going to speak about Rumble. Um, Rumble seems to be getting a lot more popular. Russell Brand is there now, exclusively. Yeah. Although I think he does post a few things to YouTube every once in a while, but uh, that's just a cool dude. I I love listening to him. He he's something different, man. Yeah. And he he recently went and did um, he did the Amer- his American tour of the political shows and podcasts. So we went on MSNBC. Mm-hmm. He went on uh, Fox News. He did Gutfeld. Yeah. He did Tucker Carlson's show. He did CNN. He did Bill Maher. Mm-hmm. He, he did uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. So yeah, he, I saw he, that one when he went after the... Uh, oh, boy. Yeah. The MSNBC guy? Yep. The, and the funny thing is, like, how oblivious that guy was they're to the hypo- hypocrisy they, that was just being thrown at him. They are completely... They have no self-awareness, or they just think we're all idiots. And they still think that they're the... That they're the legacy media. They think that they are the standard bearer, but all they've done for the last, what, three years is lie. So but, they have no credibility. They don't think it's lies. Yeah. Like he, that guy looked like he was truly astonished. That, I didn't, who could question us? What do, you, what do you mean we're worse than Fox News? Yeah. Like, Fox News is the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and Russell was like, actually, <laughs> you guys are trash. It's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, that... I mean, it's probably time we have we haven't hit politics in at least a month or so. So maybe it's time it's we kind of nice. hit back on that. Um, but we want to thank Ryan for for doing all the the hoops to jump through to get the gift card. Um, oh, but Rumble because uh, so Russell Brand is there. Stephen Crowder now just signed an exclusive contract there. So it seems like they're going to be they're trying to drive more traffic to Rumble. So we've always we've been on there since the beginning. Um, we're OGs. We are, and our whole thirteen followers—it's big time. Yeah. Although the funny part is, I think we get more views on Rumble than we do on YouTube, which is weird. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, they—I think YouTube has probably got ten times the amount of users. But we to get our Rumble we, f- fans share it, tell a friend. Right. Yeah. I mean, let's try to expand on Rumble, get more people to see it, but. Uh, so just so people know, we are on Rumble, um, just mostly because you know we know we are the we we're never going to show up on anyone's recommended shows on YouTube because one we don't have actual video we we have a row of rolling fire 
yeah. for but I know some people listen to YouTube for podcasts, so that's why mm-hmm. we put it there. The same thing with Rumble. Like trust me, the best way to listen to this is on a podcast platform. Use Apple Podcasts, use Google Podcasts, use Spotify, Pandora, whatever. Yeah. That's the best way to listen to this. But let's say I know a lot of people work at home. And they got their TVs on, they got their fire sticks on, and they want some noise in the background, they want to listen to a show. You can listen to us on Rumble and, and YouTube. And yeah. I, I know a lot of people, because for whatever reason, the podcast platforms don't do really well as far as putting their apps on the TV operating system. So like Fire OS, like Spotify has it. It does. Uh, they, they've got an app for it, but like Apple Podcasts, you can't get it on Fire TV. Mm-hmm. Um, Android TV can't get it there either, and a lot of people that's what they're using on their TVs now. Yeah, they're using these um, because they caught cable. You know, they don't have terrestrial radio on their on their TVs, but they want to have noise on in the background for yeah. listening at work. Or and so if you're at home and you work at home and you want to have something on in the background, feel free put us on. You can go to Rumble, you can go to YouTube. Or Spotify, they all have Android TV apps. You can even get the Spotify app on Apple TV as well, or Roku. Um, So you can find us on Odyssey. Odyssey also has an app on those TV platforms. Um, So if you want to listen to us that way, go ahead. We'd love it, and please share any way that you can. But we hope you had a good time. This has been a long episode. Uh, Congratulations to Ryan, and we'll see you next time.